0: The Oklahoma City Thunder
1: come out flat against the Atlanta Hawks. What went wrong for the Thunder as they tried to rally a little bit too late? There's rotational questions. And how are the Thunder going to make some key adjustments down the stretch? We'll talk about that all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast.
2: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel, we're diving into the Thunder falling flat against the Atlanta Hawks. The rotations left some questions uh, for Mark and the Thunder, and much more. Again, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. So check it out today. That's $150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. Go visit them right now at fan, fan, fan.com slash lockdown to get started. And in this game, you know, the, the Thunder come in, it, it's the second night of a back to back a home road back-to-back, so travel was involved. The travel didn't go so well. The Thunder didn't get in until past 4 a.m. Uh, after that Boston game, which went right down to the wire. Obviously, an emotional game. to the best NBA teams going at it last night in Oklahoma City into this game where you get in past 4 a.m. And obviously, you're not know, kind to of have your legs on the second night of back-to-back. And both sides uh, were healthy. The only players the Thunder didn't have with them were Usman Jang and Keontae Johnson. Uh, which is impressive for uh, a back-to-back. Atlanta fully healthy, except for DeAndre uh, Hunter is out still. But the huge rest advantage laid with Atlanta, not only just due to the natural flows of the Thunder being on a back-to-back, Atlanta hadn't played since Sunday. And it showed in this game where Atlanta was just the the more energized team, the fresher team, the faster team, uh, and so on. The Thunder never grabbed a lead in this game. They never tied this game, except for when it was 0-0. Like, this was just not a game for OKC. Uh, the Hawks once led by 20 points. The Thunder led up a 10-0 run right out of the gate. And for 98% of the, games, uh, of the game, the Hawks just did a great job of taking care of business. When, when you have a, a schedule loss, and there's a reason that that phrase exists in the NBA. This is commonplace. I know that that whenever you're in it and whenever whenever you it's fresh, right, it feels disastrous. It feels like there's a billion things to get upset about. Sometimes this is just the way it works in the NBA. And the Hawks, for 98% of this game, did a great job of taking advantage of it. And, and the Thunder would make a run. They'd cut it to five. They'd cut it to seven. They'd cut it to 11. And then, boom, it gets right back blown out to 18 points. And then at the bitter end, the Thunder were able to uh, make their biggest push. But overall, for 98% of this game, it was the Hawks doing their job, and the Thunder had awful energy, awful effort, awful defense. And even with as bad as the Thunder played, and as bad as it feels that they've played, the Thunder shoot 55, 50, 77 shooting splits. You have to make your free throws. This is an entirely different game, an entirely different conversation. If you just simply make your free throws, like like forgetting all the other things that you can pick apart, forgetting all the other things that we're going to dive into today, you make your free throws, things change. And Atlanta, meanwhile, shot 50, 35, and at 93. But uh, when you look at this game, the Thunder were plus 10 of the paint, but my goodness, uh, they just had no resistance when the Hawks wanted to get inside. The Hawks were plus three in second chance points, which it's a three-point game. That's, that's a big margin uh, to, to make up whenever you're giving up these boards and The Thunder had two more turnovers than Atlanta. Uh, The Thunder were able to get out and and run a little bit in the fast break later on in the game, so it kind of skewed the fast break points. But ultimately, the Thunder had two more turnovers and were out-rebounded by 12. And so when you give away 14 possessions, you're not going to be able to win a lot of ball games. And then the Thunder only got off 91 shots compared to Atlanta's 95 shots. And the Thunder just had no legs. Like, you saw it from the, the beginning. Chet Holmgren had a rebound ripped away from him. Josh Giddy and Lou Dort in the midst of of the gotta have it seven minute stretch. They saw a rebound taken away from them from behind by Dejounte Murray. Sluggish, bad transitional defense to start this game, and they didn't show a ton of signs of life uh, until the start of the third quarter, and then it went away. And then the you know of course the latter stretch of the fourth quarter uh, really helped. But the the Hawks threw some massive counter punches, and, and they did a great job. But overall, this game still came down to the Thunder going on a 17-4 to 4 run to close out the fourth quarter and getting this game within three. So you have this game within three, call a timeout with three seconds left and draw up this beautiful ATO to get Isaiah Joe in the corner for a wide open three at the buzzer that just rims out. And so in the midst of the travel, the midst of the back-to-back, the midst of a billion minute delay to figure out which Jay Williams deserves the foul and who has three fouls, who has two, the Thunder were still able to compete at the end, but it was too little too late. They, they ran out of time. By the time they started playing well, it was like a 1997 Toyota Corolla. It was over 100,000 miles in it, and it's in the dead of winter. Yeah, eventually you can get it started, but you're probably going to be late getting to where you want to go if you don't plan accordingly. Down 13 points to start the fourth quarter with no SGA. I thought that that was impressive to keep it a ball game. By the time SGA came back in, uh, the Thunder did not have some overwhelmingly great run without SGA. They only they only netted about two points. So the SGA came back in with seven minutes uh, down eleven, but to not just wither away in that stretch was it was another way to highlight a constant theme for the last two weeks that we've been talking about here about the non SGA minutes. End of the day, no losing streak, you know, no winning streak lasts forever. And even if you look at the Pistons, no losing streak lasts forever. Uh, but this was a scheduled loss, and it happens. However. There are just some things that have left uh, the fan base uh, with a lot of questions, specifically the rotation. And I, I want to dive into that. I want to dive into uh, SGA because I think that this will feel like, whenever you're thinking back in your head, that this was one of the worst SGA games. And and by his standards, it probably was. But but it was also really impressive to see him turn it around and finish with the stat line that he did. Which we're going to talk about that. I think that J was a picture perfect image of what he brings to this team in this contest, a Josh giddy adjustment that I want to dive into plus how the bench performed. So there's still a lot to cover from this game all coming up. But first I want to say right now, better good friends over at better help check them out today at better help because they can help you out. And I think that when you're looking at better help, the advantages are are really endless but my personal favorite is the fact that it's entirely online so you know if you believe that therapy can can benefit you and, and that you can uh, you know really start off your 2024 with a bang and, and, and crushing it in 2024 if you just had you know the, the the benefits of therapy but the only thing that's been holding you back this whole time from trying therapy has been well i'm so busy Life is so chaotic. It's so hard to find time to to get this done. That's where Better better Help comes in for you. And what what I think is so impressive and important about Better Help is that it's entirely online. And so you go and you fill out this questionnaire, and then they're going to match you with a licensed therapist to help you uh, learn some helpful, positive coping mechanisms, to set boundaries, to empower yourself, to be the best version of yourself. Uh, They can really help you. And when you fill out that questionnaire, and they match you with a the therapist, if you're not clicking with that therapist, you can just try for a new one, no additional cost to you. They're going to work with you to get you that right therapist. And once you find that right therapist, it's entirely around your schedule, entirely online, so it can be suited and flexible and convenient for your life. So check it out today uh, and just fill out that brief questionnaire uh, to get started. And you can go there right now to BetterHelp.com slash MBA. That's BetterHelp.com, betterhelphelpcom dot com slash LockedInMBA. And you'll get a 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash That's BetterHelp.com slash 10% off your first month over there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a
2: 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. So throughout this game, one of the constant themes was where is blank? And you can just throw in any player who did not play uh, in, into that line, even some players who were inactive, <laughs> that were being thrown out. uh Kenneth Williams didn't play, coach's decision. Tavis Pertance didn't play, coach's decision. Trey Mann didn't play, coach's decision. Vasemichis didn't play, coach's decision. So Olivier Sarr didn't play, uh, coach's decision. And then the players that were out, Poku, Kiante, and Noose were all out inactive. Uh, Us and Keontae are down with the G League. Poku is just a healthy inactive because... Uh, you got to get down to 15 active players per game. The Thunder are really healthy right now, so that that means that somebody has to be a healthy scratch. But the biggest talking point is the fact that Lindy Waters got 20 minutes, and I think that you got to separate art from artist on this conversation because, in general, Lindy Waters played a fine game today, and we're going to dive into that after we after we get over the overarching picture here. Uh, but it's just the principle of. Kendrick Williams didn't play, and Kendrick Williams is one of your best players. Now, the quote that's getting everyone excited right now from my man Joel of the Oklahoman uh, asked Mark about why Kendrick didn't play, and Mark said flat out this was not so much a rest thing as it was kind of a reward to Lindy Waters, and, 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 you know, that, that can be taken multiple different ways. You can take it at face value. You can try to read deeper into it. I'm not so sure which is the right direction to go even, but let let's do both. So trying to read into it, you know, coaches oftentimes try to protect their guys. And oftentimes, you know, they they won't exactly say the full picture. And and that's not a Mark thing. That's just an every coach thing. Kendricks Williams is a 29-year-old who had to miss a large chunk of the start of the season with back spasms. So in a vacuum, Kendrick Williams not playing the second night of a back-to-back is not shocking, is not some just revelation and, oh my gosh, can you believe this happened? But when you say that's not the reason why it didn't play, then it changes the discussion. Now, is part of the reason why you said, you know, that, that rest wasn't the thing to, to protect Kinrich in any way of like, maybe he, he doesn't want to be viewed as like, hey, I needed a rest day, whatever. Maybe that's it. But But, you know, we can only go with the information provided. And so if this decision truly was, just a reward for Lindy Waters or just to play Lindy Waters. I do not agree with that decision. I don't really, um, you know, see the value in that necessarily. Because one, Lindy Waters also played yesterday. Yes, it was in the afternoon, so that helps a little bit. But but it's not as though he is spared from the back-to-back fatigue. Number two, he, he's, he's just overall not quite an NBA player. I know that Mark loves him. Mark trusts him. This organization loves him and trusts him. But at the end of the day, he, he's he's a shooter in theory that cannot play defense at, at a high enough level consistently enough uh, to to really make a lot of noise in the NBA. And right now, he's a two-way player that's ineligible for the postseason. So even if you do find something or unlock something with many waters, find the pathway to convert him to a two-way deal uh, from, a, from a two-way deal to a standard deal. Uh, it could be as easy as trading Poku, you know, uh, uh, you know kind of like you did with Baisley. But uh, you know, nonetheless, as of this very moment, even if you did feel like you could unlock something with Lindy Waters, who I don't think has a ton of uh, of room to grow, you still couldn't make that a fixture of your of, of your team right now. But again, I, I want to separate Lindy from this in this particular game because I, I I don't think he played bad in this particular game. But it's just the principle of not playing Kenrich every night. To me, if Kenrich is healthy, if Kenrich is you know ready to go. Then he should be in every single game. And you work around that. You experiment around that. Now, it's an 82 game season. You can't play the same guys over and over and over again, even if they are healthy. And Mark made that known well in advance. But if you're going to try Lindy in a game where, for the majority of it, you were down 18, 20 points. And what's stopping you from trying Trey Mann, who, who, who at least looked and proved defensively and, and playmaking-wise and looks to still be getting better? What's stopping you from playing Davos Bretons, who I'm not the biggest advocate for of getting minutes? If you listen to the show, you know that. But in a game where nobody's defending a lick anyway, I know that Davos Bretons can't defend a streetlight, but no one else could either today. So so throw him in for a couple of three bombs and and see what can happen. Now, the Mitchish thing, I know that he has a ton of supporters, a ton of fans. He's a 29-year-old who, who's a struggling NBA athlete and is, and, is, and is having a hard time adjusting to the pace. Not playing him in a back-to-back makes a lot of sense, especially when you're asking a 29-year-old, just in general, for, for getting uh, however you would evaluate his minutes to this point. But a 29-year-old in general to go from not playing at all to now... Over the last couple of games, he's been a fixture of starting the second quarter and a fixture of the rotation. That's tough on your body anyway. But but to ask him to play two games in a row, uh, you know, back to back days is really tough. So I I don't think that 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 the Mitrice thing is egregious at all. I do think though that that if you're telling the truth and that Kendrick Williams was fully available. You know, not not playing him and instead playing Lindy in a game where you needed a spark, in a game where you needed some of that intensity, and a game where you needed somebody to grab you by the shirt collar and wake you up, which is an expression that Marcus used to describe Kenrich Williams a lot. I I believe that you should have done that if he was able to uh, go. Now again, could just be protecting Kenrich, and 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 the best thing for Kenrich and the best thing for the team is to set him on a second night of back to back because you know he he, he's dealing with back spasms and uh, at the beginning of the season, and and you don't want to. You don't want to push them too hard, uh, right now. Uh, I, I think that people also uh, mistakenly run into a lot of, of Chet's minutes, only getting 24 minutes. To me, I think that the Chet minutes thing, you should not condemn Mark for that or the rotations for that, because heading into the year, it was a serious question, a question that the organization did not mute and did not and, and did not turn their nose up at, like from Sam Presty to Mark to Chet all the way down. Nobody said, "Oh, there's n- there's no restrictions. There's no there's no going to play uh, all-, all the back to back, so to say." Uh, you know, there was no like predetermined plan, but they didn't know if they were going to have to or not have to rest him uh, on second night of back to back. So I, I said that to say this: it was ne- it was never guaranteed even that he would be able to play back to backs in general. So so off of such a mega injury, which I think that because he's playing so well through 30 games, we forget just the the kind of levels to a Liz Frank fracture and how hard that is to overcome, how hard that is to rehab from, how hard that is to just get back to where you were, much less look better than you did the last time we saw you on the floor. Uh, and, and much less, you know, hold up and, and and play uh to the sheer usage and and, and sheer intensity that he's played.
0: You know,
1: playing him 24 minutes on, on a back to back and on a random uh Wednesday in January, I think it's a smart decision. I really do. So I, I don't have that same affinity towards, uh, um, Mark, you are know, the same. You know, I shouldn't say what's what I'm looking for. I Not the same, the same vile uh, feelings toward you know Chet's low minute numbers in this one because I think that that was smart. It's just the the quote about Kenrich. If he's healthy, you got to play him. And I, I know you want to reward Lindy, but you know, Lindy hasn't even been the best you know G League player that you've assigned, uh, so to say. You know, Anthony Johnson's been been better than him in the G League. So I I don't know. I, I just think that again, you got to separate. Lindy because let's talk about Lindy real quick the only downfall to Lindy today was that he was he was a step slow on defensive rotations at times but I don't really put that on Lindy as a player in this game because the Thunder play a very tough style it's very tough to just gel and fit right back into it the blue try to match that try to match that style defensively but but you're playing with totally different players who have totally totally different preferences and abilities and and just coverages and so you know he was exceptional defensively. You you can get on him for that, but I, I don't think that that was really um, a huge deal. Ultimately, in this game, he was a plus five in this game, in his minutes on the floor. He was three for six from three, three rebounds, an assist, a turnover. He really played his role well. Didn't do too much, uh, and, and he played well. So again, as I that's why I started off this segment with separating the two. Lindy Waters in this specific game played well. It's the playing Kenrich over Lindy Waters that is the problem for me. Uh, especially with where that I view Lindy Waters is at now, Mark has more insight, intel, uh, basketball knowledge, everything else than I do. But that's just kind of the way I see it uh, from from where we are at. But get a big three even to to cut this down to single digits. Like Lindy Waters in this game played well. If you're gonna experiment, if you're gonna try new things, why not dip into Trey, man? Why not dip into Davis Bertans. Now, you can mention positionally. You know, you, you can play Lindy Waters in a lot of other spots than you can play Trey Mann. Fine, uh, but the Davis Bertans thing would have been interesting. However, you know, to to give and present both sides, which I think is fair. The the goal of Davis Bertans minutes would be to go three for six from three. So, like, you did get the Davis Bertans production with assuredly better defense. We, we 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 picked apart. You know, the slow rotations at times. Uh, Lindy Waters for sure played way better defense than Davis Bertans would have played. So, Bertans, you can cancel out. Mitra, you can cancel out. It really just comes down to Kenny Hustle, uh, you know, and and you can make an argument, of course, for Trey Mann, who we've advocated for to get minutes on this show uh, plenty throughout this season. But ultimately, it's a rotational decision in the midst of an amazing season for Oklahoma City, and it's something that I think that people overall overreact to because you just don't, Give Mark, I don't think enough credit of how good of a coach he is. We're like, this is not going to be a thing in the postseason. This is just a way to patchwork an eighty-two game season in the midst of a brutal January stretch. So it doesn't necessarily matter. It's just when you give that quote, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live with people running with with this opinion and running with uh, these feelings. So it was a tough game, scheduled loss yada, yada, yada. We'll talk SGA. I think that J-Dub proved exactly who he was and exactly what he means to this team uh, in in this game. We'll talk about that as well. And a key adjustment for Josh Giddey to really uh, unlock things here in the next couple of games. We'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, they are good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is awesome. And FanDuel right now is a perfect time to hop in there because you know if you're listening to the show, you're obviously an NBA junkie. So you know all about uh, wanting to to wager on NBA games and player props and over-unders and spreads and all that good stuff. But also, you might want to throw a few shekels on the NFL as the playoff star and the Super Bowl draws near. You might want to check out college basketball. The college football national title is next week. You know, you have NHL in full swing. You have all that fun stuff. So check them out today. And when you do, if you're a new customer, FanDuel will give you $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You place that $5 money line bet. Uh, you can check them out today. Uh, that is the same game parlay. That is you You can go there and you can uh, check them out today at FanDuel. Right now, whenever you type in FanDuel.com, it's going to pop up all these wonderful NBA games. And so to get our new customer bonus, whenever you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown all you have to do is go pick a game and go pick who you think will win on the money line And once you do, boom, you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets. Uh, plus, you have a chance to, of course, win your bet. Uh, right now, you can go bet on the Colts, who are slight home underdogs, to Houston uh, on Saturday against uh, the Texans in a game that will go a long way in deciding the NFL playoff picture. Check that out at Fender.com slash Locked On. That's Fender.com slash lockdown.
2: This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting
1: We're back Unlocked on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on Podcast Network. Your teams every day. SGA really got it going late. I think that with SGA, you're just not going to be able to hold him in check for the long haul of a 48 game, you know, 48 minute game. You know, you look up and he's got 33 points, 13 boards, eight assists, and two turnovers. And for the vast majority of this game, it felt like you know he just couldn't get it going. It felt like you just there's no no one on the team. Uh, could hit water out of a boat, but he ended up shooting 45% from the floor, which is just really good. Two for three from three, 10 points in the fourth is where he really started cooking. 10 points in the fourth, three rebounds and assist. He actually did make a technical foul free throw, which is really good. And it's something that the Thunder have struggled with. I wonder if the Thunder could petition the league to like, Hey, can we just let our guys fill the lane on technical foul free throws? Because something funky is going on uh, with the Thunder and, and missing technical foul free throws. And it's been going on for two a back-to-back and one sequence which really sparked one of those thunder runs Uh, he came back with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter okc down three and when you look up at the very end it was a three-point game and you had one of the best ato coaches in the nba uh, drawing up an ato to try to get an open three it did get an open three and you had a chance to tie it and go to overtime and you know a 17 to 4 run to close the fourth quarter the thunder finally looked like they kicked it into gear you go to overtime you know anything can happen so i guaranteed win But goodness, you feel good about your chances. You feel really, really good about your chances. So uh, the fact that he was able to come in down 11 and make this happen just really showed uh, how important he is, how impactful he is. And he was clearly drained. He was clearly taxed. But he still found the way to produce. And that's what MVPs do. That's what superstars do. And that's what SGA is. But I think that J-Dub showed exactly who he is. And... It was easy to talk about it last year. The games were a bit lower stakes and it was just an all around house money year, but for it to continue in the year two, I think is what is showing you that this is truly who J-Dub is. And that is an energy giving player. And you've heard us talk about that all throughout his rookie season, but for a team that is so poised is so under control, I don't want to call them nonchalant because I feel like that has like a negative connotation, but nonchalant as in like how they present themselves. Uh, Even SGA, if you hits like the wildest shot, just kind of looks like it doesn't matter. Jalen Williams, J-Dub gives them so much energy, gives them so much emotion. Where's that heart on the sleeve? Is pumping his fist after an and one, a massive and one pumps his fist. Guys get hype. Guys get going. SGA hits a three, cuts the lead to five. Now the Hawks did a great job of rallying and, and pushing that lead back out. But that's one example. Had a really good pass to Chet. Uh, to make it an 11-point game in the fourth, that's whenever SGA got back in, and from there it was off to the races. I think that J-Dub is one of the best players in the NBA at just racing the length of the floor in no time. You blink once, and he's down the floor, and he scored two points, and it preserves so much time, and that's what makes comebacks like this possible. Like, if the Thunder had that three from Joe go in and won in overtime, that race down the floor by J-Dub is like the turning point of uh, what was possible in this game. He shot seventy three. I'm sorry. seventy five percent from the floor and went one for one from three with zero legs under him. I mean, his first shot was just horrendously uh, short. And, and I don't say that as like a criticism of J. Dub. I, I think that players, of course, are going to um, you know deflect these ex, you know quote unquote excuses and not want to give any excuses. But like clearly, uh, these guys were drained. Clearly, these guys were fatigued. So to still muster up an ability to shoot seventy five percent in this game was really Impressive from Jada, 21 points, six assists, three rebounds, four steals. And, and those four steals oftentimes turn into points for OKC. One was a coast-to-coast slam for him. One was a Euro-step finish in the paint. Uh, 75% from the floor, one for one from deep, improving his three-point percentage by over 6% uh, so far this year from his rookie season. Whenever you see him and he kind of looks like a different scorer this year, especially on ball, I think a lot of it has to do with it. it's. It's easy to notice his over overhauled you know body from his rookie year, but a lot of it has to do with his improved footwork. Like no, I'm not saying that it was awful last year, but like it is just really just taking a step up. It's really taken a, you know an advancement at his footwork and his ability to get to areas on the floor where he feels feels comfortable. And one of his best shots of the night happened with 90 seconds left, and he just hits this tough catch and shoot movement three, uh, which again is another play that you look back on. And had that run gone differently, to where we would have remembered it, you know years down the line, so to say, uh, that one would have been another turning point play for j and for the Thunder. So uh, the, the biggest point about j and about the Thunder team, I think is how much uh, is how important it is to have an, a, an emotional leader, an energy supervisor, so to say, for this team. Because this team clearly lacked energy for the majority of this game. But it's impossible not to feed off of what j does on the floor. And I think that he showed that in this one. Uh, let's talk Josh Giddey, who is just shooting so well from three uh, over this last stretch of games. You know, forty percent from three uh, over this last stretch of games. The only bad part about his game in, in this one was that he struggled to, de- to to defend. There was just not a good matchup for him because the Hawks, you know, either their their big man is too big uh, for Josh to guard. Jalen Johnson is too good for Josh to guard down there, and Dejounte Murray is too good for Josh to guard. So like it was it was really hard to find uh, that hide him option for the majority of his minutes. Uh, so he he did not play well defensively, but you're not going to like expect Josh to play well defensively. Uh, but still, it was it was bad from him uh, on defense. Uh, the other area is what I think is the biggest key for him, and we we talked about this all summer long. Uh, the biggest key is how bad he has been inside the arc. It's not been his three point shooting, because Josh Giddy has shot forty percent from three over this stretch, and he shot two for three from three today, and it's not changing the defense's mind because he's just not going to get enough threes to to really force a change, right? Even if this is who Josh Giddy is, like let's say Josh Giddy is a 40% three-point shooter from now, all throughout the rest of the year, all throughout next year, like this is just who he is. He's still going to only take three of them or four of them, you know, a game. Like he's not going to get up to uh, the, the margins that you need him to, uh, to, to to prove costly for the opponents. And if he did get up to those margins, the percentages would change, just simple math. And so in the summertime, let's take you back there to FIBA, where he is dominating the World Cup. The the biggest praise that that I was giving him all summer long was his mid-range game and his rim finishing. Because those two things are what's going to unlock his game. Because you're just not going to change the way that that defenses guard you uh, on on that low volume of three. But whenever he was able to hit those turnaround jumpers in the mid-range, those Dirk fades, and able to get to the rim stronger in FIBA, and, and had the floater working like he did in Denver, you know, even a couple of games ago. Much less going back to FIBA. Like that stuff is what changes for Josh. And so uh, I'm not going to say he had a bad game today. I don't think he did. I think he had. I think he, I think he played fine. Obviously, we mentioned the defense. The defense was rough, uh, but it's just a tough matchup for him. Nine points, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal. I think that people kind of miss the plot when they just talk about his three point percentage. Yes, it's good. You'd much rather make your threes uh, than than miss them. But the actual uh, kind of hidden aspect of this or the actual uh, key to unlock his success is going to be inside the arc. And what's encouraging about that, if you're a Thunder fan, is if he can do both. If he can hit his his low volume threes at a, at a 37%, 40% clip, and he can get back to form inside the arc, which we've seen him do uh, on big stages such as FIBA. I think that people uh, might undercount how how important FIBA is for players and how important uh, you know, FIBA was for for Josh giddy and for SGA and for uh, these other players. So you can go back and listen to our, our summer podcasts from the, the Team Australia games, where we were recapping all of his Team Australia games and how uh, we were explaining this exact theory uh, that Josh Giddy might actually need to be better inside the arc than outside the arc. But uh, I think this was a good example of that because like he this stretch has been he's been two for three from three, but in the games where he's able to hit inside, like against Denver, remember how he hit like five floaters and it was awesome. Like those have been the tell-all games for Josh Kitty, uh, more so than the three barrage games, because the three barrage games is only still two or three. That's going to be the bulk of his work uh, will be inside the arc. So I think he can do it. I think he has a size too. I think that he just needs to learn how to put it all together in the NBA, uh, talking about him as a, just an on-the-court product. Caseen Wallace, I think he was really good. As uh, 15 points scored, matches career high, three for seven from three, tough mid-range shot, uh, two assists. This is where I want to see, kind of, the thunderstop process of taking this January stretch. Everyone is on the same page. of Like this is a very tough January stretch. Everyone's on the same page. Uh, you know, as if you know they're going to need everyone. They're gonna, they're going to have all hands on deck. Everyone's going to chip in. Whatever you want to use as the uh, verbiage there. In the midst of that, could you see Casey and Wallace's world expand a little bit, and and not necessarily just you know minutes expand. Not even, you know, not even saying play him more, just as a sheer minutes load. I'm just saying like his role, because you know he had that one assist where he just flings it to the corner for Wiggins to shoot the three. Uh, I want to see Case and almost play on ball more, uh, kind of as a facilitator uh, and not just a facilitator, but a scoring on ball too. But like just running the show a little bit more than what we've seen. I think that that can really help the Thunder patchwork together a 48 minute game, especially in games like this where you need to change your rotations a little bit. Where guys need need, need uh, breaks and, and guys don't have their legs and on down the line. So I, I would be, I'm interested to monitor if you start to see Casey Wallace get to um, explore his on ball ability more. Cause I find it fascinating that, like, whenever I asked Mark about um, kind of managing players, whenever they're getting to uh, that, that college number, Casey Wallace has now played more NBA games than he has college games in his career. And he's played really heavy minutes. Like, it's not as though he's just willy nilly getting into games. He's played bulk minutes for the Thunder throughout his career. He started games for the Thunder throughout his early career. And in the midst of that conversation of like, how do you manage them from hitting that rookie wall? Uh, Mark continued to reiterate that like, this is not the player he's going to be. This is just like a starting point and he can be a different version of himself later on. And 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 obviously that was meant to be a more bigger picture thing, but also like part of that evolution for Kaysen is going to be to do a little bit more on ball. And I think that that can really help the Thunder get through a pretty grueling January. Uh, Isaiah Joe, a, a play that really capsulates what we've talked about this the whole week, goes in on three Hawks and creates an offensive rebound, ticks it out for Lindy Waters three. That was awesome. Tough finish at the rim, threw two defenders off the glass, or I should say one defender, off the glass, nine points, a rebound, an assist, a steal. I, I think Jay was not gonna get enough credit for how good he was. Really good offensive hub for the Thunder in the second half as a playmaker. He had two assists, but he had another one that led to Casey Wallace free throws. Uh, that he converted, so you can, you know, quasi count that as three assists, two steals, three boards, three points, all in fifteen minutes uh, of action. I liked what I saw from Jay Will. MVP of this game, let's go with Shea. Let's go with Casein. You can go with whoever you want to. MVP of this game does not matter at all. It's a fake award, folks. They they don't gain anything. They don't care. They don't even know about it. So who cares? So you can give it to whoever you want. Give it to give it to yourself for watching this game uh, here in January. But Coming up on February, uh, on February, in February, we're still going to be doing this podcast, Lord willing, but Friday, we're going to have a mailbag podcast. So place your questions on YouTube. Place your questions on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Place your, place your questions on threads at Ryland underscore styles, R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Place your questions everywhere about the thunder, about the NBA, about life, about whatever you want uh, for our mailbag show on Friday. On Saturday, we're going to recap the Nets game, and away we go. 2024, daily show about the Thunder. We're going to continue to rock and roll here on Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good, and be good to one another.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked-on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.